the College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep, helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. All right, this episode of the College Planning Edge was originally broadcast as a college coffee talk episode, which we do on Facebook Live every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. And in this episode, I gave an overview of how financial aid works. Just a quick basics, um, the fundamentals of need-based aid, merit-based aid, and what to do if you're a high-income business owner and you can't qualify for need-based aid talked a little bit about some unique strategies that you probably have not heard from your accountant or financial advisor. So sit back and enjoy this episode of College Coffee Talk and the College Planning Edge. Lockwood, good morning, Pearl. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, everybody. We have a fabulous show for you this morning. But first, if you're joining us within, with a beverage, take a simultaneous sip and enjoy here we go. One, two, three. Nice camera work, intern Harry. Thank you. That, that's like his favorite part. The zoom in on your sips. And your sips. Oh, my sips too? Yeah, you got both oh. of us. Lightning fast. That's upper level stuff. Yes. So, okay. Let's talk about what we are going to cover today. Um, you are in the middle of doing a lot of, uh, I guess, paperwork for student loans. So we're going to talk about what happens if you can't qualify for a student loan or, or a parent loan, um, what do you do? What's the qualification process? I'm just going to kind of sure. give you a little soft interview, not like Mike Wallace. I'm not going to make you cry. Thank God. Uh, and then we're also going to talk a little bit about the, the um, common application essay because school is ending. Today is, what, the 13th yes. of June? Mm-hmm. And Tomorrow's flag day. Okay. Whoa, we're, 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 whoa. Okay. Yeah. Do we have an earthquake? Yes. Um, it's common here in New York. So, uh, school's ending, and you know, people, at least around here and other parts of the country, might already be done, but around here, there's a lot of finals and uh, occasional regents if they're still actually happening. So, this is a good time once, well, we're almost at the time where once school finishes, where it's a good time to start working on the college essays. You should be in the batting cage, swinging the bat, on deck. Ms. Sports over here. <laughs> okay. So, um, so I'm going to give a few comments. We're not going to go through all seven prompts, but I want to make a, a, a few comments on maybe one or two of them and remind people about our uh, upcoming boot camp, which has our first session on the 20th of, uh-huh. uh, of June, the kickoff session. So first let's talk a little bit about... Um, about Loans. So, we just frame this the right way so we focus a little bit because I know you could do the whole hour uh, on this. Yes. And the show's a half hour, so that'd be awkward. It would be awkward. Um, so, there are student loans, which the government gives, and very small amounts, 5500 bucks for freshmen, and it goes up slightly from there. You get those, and I'm oversimplifying, by virtue of just filing a FAFSA, a free yeah. application for federal student aid. Okay. Um, then there is the plus loan of parent loan, which can cover the rest, less any, uh, less any aid you've received. 
So <clears throat> right now you're spending, I think, a fair amount of time with um, a bunch of our clients, putting those in place. Mm -hmm. So 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 we talked about the dollar amounts, but I want to talk a little bit more about the, um, the qualification process. Okay. So what does it take to get a plus loan? Um, what happens? How hard is it to get a plus loan? And what happens if you get denied? Right. Okay. And then I'll have some more questions for you. Okay. All right. So uh, just to be clear, we are talking about the parent plus loan, which is a lot of a lot of times I get, well, why can't we just put it all in the student's name? Because the student is not by government standards, not by private loan standards, credit worthy to really borrow more than the statutorily fixed amount of the 5,500 in the freshman year. And as Andy already pointed out, that amount goes up incrementally each year in terms of what the student can borrow in his or her name. The parent has the opportunity to borrow either a specified dollar amount. And again, borrowing happens on an annual basis. So the loans I'm putting in place now are going to be for the 22-23 school year, okay? You can't borrow for all four years now. You can't, it doesn't work like that, it's per year. So um, the parent can borrow either a specified dollar amount, like I want to borrow $20,000 for that year, or, and here is the language, the parent wishes to borrow, and I quote, up to the cost of attendance as decided, as determined by the school. So that is essentially room, board tuition as determined by your school. And I, I could touch on later if we want to go into off-campus housing and loans at some other point. Hello. Okay. Anywho, so uh, once that once those, uh, those two things are determined, um, either specified amount <coughs> or the entire cost of attendance, there, thankfully, in terms of borrowing goes, the PLUS loan is a fairly easy loan to accomplish. Um, by contrast to home loans and car loans and, and most other types of loans one would try to achieve, there is no debt to income ratio analysis for the parent plus loan. There is no providing of two years back tax returns. So it's, it's a lot softer um, requirements to, to accomplish this, as I had said. So what does it require? It requires that the borrower, the parent borrower be credit worthy. Uh, does your credit need to be perfect? No. Uh, again, I had already pointed out, there is no debt to income ratio analysis with this loan, but what, what will boot you out of being approved for the parent plus loan? If within the last five years, you've had a tax lien, a foreclosure, a bankruptcy, those, you know, and then with some limited other exceptions, but those are the main ones, those will cause you to get denied for the parent plus loan when you're applying. And at that point, you are going to be offered two options. One, Wait, two. Let me time it. So before we get there, <clears throat> so um, it doesn't matter how much money you make. So if you are trying right. to borrow for a $75,000 a year school, yep and you make $50,000 a year, and your credit's in good shape, you can get the funds? Everything you need to borrow. And it's not a question of how much you're borrowing, and then we'll tell you if you can. It's a yes or no proposition. Yes, your credit passes, and therefore, if you want to borrow the whole enchilada, you can. And it's quick. 
and it's very quick. It's, it's literally, you know, a few strokes, keystrokes to find out. Yes, it passes or no, it doesn't. Right and away. You don't right away. A couple of days. Nope. Okay. It's instant. So, so on one hand, it's very fast and easy, and you know that's a positive thing. On the other hand, what there are a tremendous amount of fees involved. The interest rates are now going up to what? Right. 8%? So it's it's not quite, but it's about seven and a half percent for right. the parent loan. And, and a lot of people, you know, complain. They say, "I don't want to take that," and your response is usually, "Okay, pay, then pay another way." Do it some <laughs> other way. Oh, wait, I can uh, have another one. But way. it, it oh. is, although it is almost like a subprime loan. Um, it is a pretty good deal given that you don't have to secure anything. There's no mm-hmm. collateral like a house you put up as a, you know, for a mortgage or something like that. And? Well, I was just going to say, the, on the other hand, this is exactly why college is so expensive. Because it's so easy to get your hands on money to pay for right. college that the colleges themselves have no incentive to rein in their costs. Yeah. And this has you know, been what's behind these, the upwardly spiraling uh, costs of college, which are only going to go up... Uh, costs go up faster than inflation, and, and we all know we're in a big inflationary environment right now. So I, I think next year we're going to see, you know, costs jack up at least three yeah. to five percent on average. Yeah, agreed. Uh, just before we go into causes for denial and what you do if that happens, I just want to point out a couple of other important things with the plus loan uh, and the student loan. This, this is also true of the student loan, student and the parent plus loan. Um, with both scenarios, there are there is no obligation to make any payments before six months after graduation. So if you have a student that's first starting college, that gives you about four and a half years of planning and budgeting to figure out. Now, the other the other important thing, so while there is no obligation to make any payments until six months after graduation, at which point you will begin to need to make a monthly payment, similar to a car payment, similar to a mortgage payment, and, and the standard time frame is 10 years, However, there are options for various types of payback at that point in time that that are based on income and other things. However, there is no prepayment penalty should you wish to make some or all payments on the loan beforehand. So it gives you considerable flexibility in terms of budgeting and when you pay, which is where the PLUS loan is attractive as compared to coming up with the monthly nut for the school itself, which could be pretty sizable um, in that year, maybe at a time where your cash flow is not as flowy as other points in time. Well, uh, but something really important to note, though, is that even though you don't have to pay, the interest is accruing. The interest is accruing. So you, that is you, right. sh- you shouldn't think of this as a, in a normal environment. Right now, there's no interest accruing because of the, the Biden administration. This moment. It's going right. to stop. The part's going to end at some point. Right. But uh, don't think it's free money at all. The interest no. will accrue, so it's a good time to, to make payments if you can. That's right. It, the, the more the more you pay before you're you're obligated to pay, the more you mitigate your interest accrual. That is true. Right. Okay. So what happens if someone had a foreclosure or something horrible in their credit mm-hmm. and they get denied, denied from the plus loan? Okay. So if you get denied from the plus loan, uh, what I would what I would really <laughs> venture to say is there. There are two options, but there's really just one option. I'll briefly say one of the two options is you can explain your extenuating circumstances, which unfortunately, in my experience, the government by and large doesn't really care what those extenuating circumstances are because they typically do not um, buck the denial. Okay, so So I would think that's a big time waste. While you want to plead your case and say how unfair, 
I don't think you're going to advance your cause in getting an approval for that loan. So that's like so, appealing a financial aid award, except you don't actually get assigned someone right. as the Department of Ed, right? Exactly. It's just because of some cyberspace Abyss. hole. Yeah. yeah. Not, not what I would necessarily recommend. The other much more common um, solution is you are offered the opportunity, the parent borrower, to obtain an endorser. An endorser is a, like a co-signer on a loan. That person, should the borrower fail to pay, steps into that borrower's shoes and is obligated under contractually under all the rights and debts and obligations of that parent loan. So it is a, um, you know, it's a choice that should not be decided lightly, being an endorser, because you are taking on that loan in the event that the borrower fails to meet his or her obligations under it. The endorser is going to have the same requirements as the parent borrower in that the endorser would need his or her own FSA ID username and password, and then that endorser would have to be credit worthy, doesn't have to have a whole lot of income. So sometimes this person typically ends up being like a grandparent who may not have any income, but has, you know, perfect credit. And that's usually an arrangement that's made. But of course, it is very important. You know, it's a very um, serious, serious commitment. They are on the hook for that entire loan should the parent borrower fail. And, And like you said, you do this every year, right? So um, if, you, if you're borrowing for the four, you know, the four years of college and you're borrowing fifty to $80,000 a year, that's going to add up. Right. And But but each year the endorser needs to re-endorse. Yep. Right. It's, not, it's, it's a brand not, new loan yeah, each year. It's not an automatic renewal. Right. That is right. And, and just some other differences like um, a parent borrower on his or her own could consolidate that loan at the end of the four years, the four each, you know, each year that could be consolidated. That option is not available to an endorser, by the way. Okay. Um, so if you have any questions about this stuff, uh, you know, and you're, and you're, and you're, with, you're with us live, um, pop them in. I, I, I bring my phone, so I don't know who's with us, but um, I'll check. Uh, we'll certainly be able to answer uh, the questions on replay also. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Hi, I'll say the hi's and the shout outs. Good morning to Jen Ekin and Chris Couch and Christine um, and Laura. Hi, cousin Laura. Hi, everybody. Good morning. I feel like I feel like I'm on the romper room where Mr. Rogers, not Mr. Rogers, Zoom. I thought it was the reading rainbow. Or the Magic Garden. It's the uh, Magic Garden. Sorry. Got it. Okay. Well, I never watched any of those shows, so I don't I don't know how to feel. Um, any more thoughts on student loans before we switch topics to the college essay? I always have a lot of thoughts, but I think I think we're good. If it, and if anybody from our audience has any questions about student loans, please please pop them into chat. Don't want you wondering about this subject. Yeah, just be careful with them. I mean, it's, it's easy money, uh, right. not as cheap as it was six months ago or, or last July um, when they reset recently, but they are a good tool. Um, particularly if you're self-employed and you have you know cash flow that goes up and down, um, yeah. and you could, you could, like Pearl mentioned, you don't have a prepayment penalty, so you can pay slugs off of it when when you need to, because there's no harm no foul. But they are expensive. Yeah. Um, want to touch quickly on private student loans because yeah. we don't really, we don't do those for our, our clients because those are 
much more involved, but just and walk us through And there's just so much choice um, out there and available, and it would just be, uh, yeah, a bit cumbersome. Uh, but so anyway, where do you go to look what, for them, and so what's the difference? we typically recommend, uh, there's a good site out there called simpletuition.com that, you know, you plug in a couple of uh, bits of your information, and it should provide you about five to ten different lenders uh, and their rates, et cetera, and their terms. Um, that is a good starting point, and I encourage you to read the fine print and compare the terms of any such private loan you may be involved in as compared to the PLUS loan. For example, um, I don't know offhand if the private loans are going to allow you to wait four and a half years to make your first payment. Um, there probably is a prepayment penalty involved. Um, so the terms are different. you got to be careful and just see what you're really signing up for. Um, but that is certainly an option for the parent that does not want to be um, in the first instance on a loan and uh, being a parent borrower. Well, no, but well, uh, but they have to be they're gonna most have of the to time because it. the kids, yeah, the kids, kids don't have a credit history right. for, for the most part. So it's, it's even... It's really the same thing, you know. You, you still you still have it a legal is. obligation, That's although right. some private loans. This is something you should look for. They they will let that co-parent sign or come off the obligation if the child has made twenty four consecutive right. monthly payments. Not true of the plus loan. Okay. The, the government loan. Right. So that's government versus private. But the private loans, you know, they 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 are like you know, in contrast to the plus loan, qualifying is like getting a mortgage. Yeah. You know, providing all kinds of documents. They're really going to scrutinize everything. It's going to take probably three times as long as a plus loan, which may is not be a fixed rate. Practically instantaneous. Well, yeah, but that could be a good thing too. Mm -hmm. um, maybe not in a rising rate environment, which uh, which a lot of people. <laughs> what's going on with the cameras today? <laughs> which a lot of people think we're we're in. Um, <clears throat> but it's uh, you know sometimes the variable rate will be lower. You know, it depends on your credit. It'll be, but it'll be lower than the plus loan, so the payments might be okay for a few years. But there's a lot of products out there. There aren't as many lenders uh, out there as there used to be. Right. Um, but yeah, simple tuition. I think College Ave yeah. is another one uh, that that I see frequently. So so check them out, but just understand that they're going to be much much harder, not necessarily better than the plus loan. Right, for whatever it's worth. Anecdotally, I have found pretty much my clients who have explored the private situation typically come back to the government loan. Because of the ease. Because of the ease. Yeah. Because they go and they explore it, they hunt it down, they check it out, and then they're like, you know what? Yeah, and the, and the payments <laughs> aren't decided. usually, the payments are usually awful in the first year, but because, you know, like, like Pearl said earlier, you, you take them out each year. Yes. If you have more than, more than one kid, right. then they can kind of pile up. Because you're paying, it might be $300 a month in year one, but then in year two you borrow, and let's say it's $300 a month in addition to the other $300, so now you're at $600 and so forth. It's exactly. No Another reason to diligently try to prepay it as quickly as you can. Yeah. Of course, the best uh, defense is, is, uh, is good offense, and that would be applying to colleges that are generous. Great segue. And, um, and not going to necessarily rack up the, uh, the loans. Um, so that's really the best thing to do is to have a good list of schools filled with, um, uh, with bribes for, you know, your kid 
to come, the, the red carpet, a lot of generous merit offers. The average uh, tuition discount nationally is now almost 60%. I think it's like 56% off. So paying full price for college is a choice. It is not an obligation. And we have these conversations so much where, where parents are looking at, uh, well, should I send my kid here, which is, you know, $25,000, $30,000 a year, or to college X, which is not Harvard, <laughs> but it's $75,000 a year, but that's where they want to go. It's really and, they see themselves. Yeah, and I'm going to have to borrow $60,000 a year. Is it worth it? And I think almost every time the answer is no, it's not worth it rationally. Right. You know, if you look at it from just a pure logical standpoint, because you're not going to be more successful if you go to the more expensive school. There's no correlation. But then all the emotion gets into it, and, uh, and that's what kind of messes a lot of people up. And these are serious decisions, right? These are... It's very hard to feel what it is going to be like to have to, once you're finally finished with college, and now you have your job, and, you know, sensibly the rest of your life, but now you have a job that, for which a lot of your income is going to be spoken for if you do borrow at that rate. And at that level. Yeah. It's going to be a lot harder to enjoy the income and quality of life that you Secret. otherwise hope for. Right. Yeah. If, if you're saddled with debt. Right. So, okay. Um, Harry, can you put in the chat the, uh, you know, we're still taking people in for our boot camps at LockwoodCollegePrep.com slash bootcamp. Which is incredible. I personally don't have anything to do with the boot camp except providing snacks. However, but it is an invaluable Snacks are important. The snacks are important, but the boot camp is incredible, an incredible way to get what you what your student needs to get out of the way in a very good way. This summer, um, it's just on the it's on the calendar, it's all mapped out. You're gonna walk back into school in the beginning of your senior year, which does require your attention, with your applications out of the way. That's a big deal. So it's working on the college list, uh, particularly identifying schools that are, that are likely to be generous to round out your list. It's helping with the essays, helping with the applications, the activities, All sheets. All the nuts and bolts. Um, there's, there's a lot of stuff. And the first kickoff meeting, is, and this is for 2023 kids, by the way. I should have said that. First kickoff meeting is June 20th, and then it's going to be two to three Monday nights recorded. Um, but Monday nights... Per month, those will be virtual, so no snacks. No snacks. No snacks there. Some chat. Um, thank you. And in uh, that'll be also supplemented by live drop-in office hours, which will do one to two Sunday mornings per month, and that's going to be led by me, but also um, our our buddy uh, Nick Martyr, who's. Uh, an actual live working admissions officer at a local New York City metro area college who worked with um, 30 or so of our students last year and did a great job. So it's a great opportunity to ask an actual admissions officer about what should go in your college application, which is kind of like getting the answers to a test before you take it. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. And then what I also threw in um, a week and a half ago after consulting with you was uh, anyone who enrolled before this deadline will also get their FAFSA and their CSS profile um, pre prepared and ultimately filed by Pearl. I'll help with the negotiating the offers. So it's a really good, uh, it's a really good deal because it's about 50% less 
than working with us one-on-one because it's a group program. This allows us to cut the cost a little bit so that we can um, reach more people. It's still not cheap because uh, it's, it's valuable, but the, the bonus of the uh, financial aid applications alone is that that's about $3,500. Mm-hmm. So that's free on top of all the instruction that we get. It's 10 sessions of instruction. Peace of the, mind. Over the summer. Yeah, and, and plus the office hours. You don't have to scream at your kid. You don't have to, you know, threaten them all summer. And wonder, it it is everything we need to be getting done, getting done. Right. And the right way. You know, right. Because, again, having it checked over by an actual admissions officer is um, it's a lot different than signing up for a boot camp at your high school. And your English teacher, which yeah. is great, but your English teacher's job is not has nothing to do with college admissions. You know, most of the time, English teachers didn't necessarily go to, or, or guidance counselors for that matter, didn't necessarily go to, not to sound snobby about this, but didn't necessarily go to an aspirational uh, college. And second of all, they've never been inside of the, the room, you know, in the room where it happens, uh, to decide whether to admit someone or deny them. So they may be able to help with, you know, general writing, grammar, punctuation, Etc. But when it comes to what goes into an effective, persuasive college essay, they're basically it's guessing. Different. They're guessing. No, they don't know. I mean, right. that's that's different than having an actual admissions officer okay. in, in your corner. So that's at lockwoodcollegeprep.com slash bootcamp. I think we have six spots left or five spots left. It's free for all of our current one-on-one uh, advisory clients as a, as a supplement to the one-on-one instruction that they're currently getting. Um, sort of like a belt and suspenders, just to make sure that they're able to get everything done. Mm -hmm. Because what you you don't want to have happen when you go back to school in the fall is all this stuff hanging over your head while you are trying to... While your fall semester still really matters, for those who think that the senior year doesn't count anymore because you're just judged on grades 9 through 11, that is no longer true. And in fact, your senior year and the first quarter of your senior year could matter even potentially more because we have found that often the admissions counselors are requesting midterm grades from that fall semester senior and often an admissions decision subsequently turns on those grades. So senior year, first first half of senior year is, is the hardest. Uh, it's, it's, a lot of people think junior year is the hardest, but the first half is, is actually the hardest. Second half is when senioritis can, you know, uh, creep in. But like you were just saying, Pearl, um, it's, the grades are actually much more important than ever because this past year and the year before that, we saw a huge uptick in applications. I think 20% compared to two years ago of an increase of college applications that led to very directly a rise in deferrals and waitlists. Yeah. And when you're waitlisted, that which extends out yep. the decision whether to get it or not, that, that's when you're gonna to wanna to be able to show good grades exactly. and and uh, and achievements, honors, you know, whatever in the first quarter and the actual first semester of yeah. senior year. Yeah. So again, the point here is get all the essay writing and as, at least as much as you can and the college application is done out of the way over the summer before yep. you go back to school. Exactly. That way you're not clogging up your semester in the fall when your attention needs to be squarely on your grades at that point. All right. So we got four minutes left here. It's pending the chat now. Nice. Nice penning, intern Harry. 
Um, and again, if you have any questions, pop them in. If we don't get to them live, we will then uh, j- jump in there later. So I printed out the college application essay prompts for the 22-23 year. Even though the Common App doesn't come out until August 1st, they've already announced what the, you know, what, what the essay prompts or choices are going to be for this year, and they're unchanged compared to last year. There's seven choices. I want to make a preliminary comment about one of their um, guiding sentences, and then I want to talk about the essay you should never write about. So um, uh, what the, the people at Common App said was full set of essay prompts for 2022, 2023, we will also retain the optional COVID-19 question within the additional information section. So let me just say uh, something about that. The COVID-19 question is about, it did, did it affect you? What they're really asking for is that it severely negatively impact you. Not um, did it prevent you from doing extracurricular activities or can you use it as an excuse for not doing well in, uh, in, in high school. Um, what they're looking for are people who had a, a sick parent or, um, you know, severe disruption in their day-to-day lives or something like that. That is the only scenario, something that dramatic, that you should think about writing uh, or responding to the COVID-19. Everyone else, it's okay to say, no, I didn't have anything like that. So I got that question a ton last year. I just wanted to address that here. Uh, there's, so there's seven actual essay prompts to choose from. One of them is just, you know, something about a background or identity. Another one is about overcoming an obstacle. Another one is reflecting on a time when you challenged a belief. Uh, the next one is reflect. This, is, this was new last year. Reflect on something that someone has done for you that has made you happy or thankful in a surprising way. It's like a Hallmark <laughs> card. I, I, I don't like that one. Uh, number five, discuss an accomplishment or event or realization that sparked a period of personal growth. Number six is describe a topic, idea, or concept you find so engaging that it makes you lose all track of time. That's one of my favorite ones. It's where you get a chance to really nerd out. <laughs> and number seven is share an essay on any topic of your choice. It can be one you've already written, etc., etc. So I just want to come out and say, don't do not do number seven unless you... And I can't imagine a scenario where you would need to, but don't do not do number seven unless you can't really answer the other one for a couple of reasons. One, these prompts are so broad that they are designed for you to write about yourself because the purpose of these essays is to say something interesting about yourself and let the admissions officers get to know you because there are, there are no more, for the most part, college interviews done by admissions offices except for a very few uh, small number of, of colleges. So... Um, it really shouldn't be hard to respond to a prompt. Uh, I think the main reason you don't want to do write anything you want is because when you get to college, that you'll, you, you'll never get that opportunity. You're always going to be responding to questions or to prompts. Uh, if you write a paper or if you take a test, etc. So if you demonstrate on the college application that you're unable to do that, that is not the best message to send to admissions officers about whether you can do the work at that college. Yeah. There's so much more, more that goes into whether you can get into a college or not then if you can do the work, you know, if you can be successful academically, but you don't want to give them any type of, you know, toehold to, to disqualify you by writing about something that easily could have fit into one of the other prompts. Uh, most admissions officers don't care what prompt you write about, but uh, I would say on, uh, for the most part, don't cop, 
cop out and just write whatever you want because... You worked on it with your English teacher during the year. Yeah. <laughs> right. That happens a lot this time of year. There's there's English teachers who say, write a college essay. They don't give them prompts sometimes. Or I remember a couple of years ago, um, we had someone who came in and, sh and showed me her essay that oh she'd God. written in English. And I was reading it. And I'm like... What is the answer? And I said, well, yeah, what, what prompt is this? And she told me, and I said, oh, that was from last year. They changed that prompt. You can't write about that this year. You know? So it wasn't fatal because you can easily, they're malleable. You can easily you know, um, slant them into a new prompt. But just just be careful about who's giving you the advice, I guess. Yes. All right, so anything else that we need to cover in, in your mind? Any last call for questions? Harry, you got any action in, in the chat? Any big questions? If not... Pearl, nice job today. You as well. Enjoy your... Thank you for being here, as always, everybody. If, if, if you have a question that pops up during the week, just post it in our chat, and we'll try to address it next week. Thank you for joining us before you head to the New York City dental capital of the world for your latest dental appointment. Should we get a send-off set? <laughs> send-off set? Of course. Okay. Simultaneous send-off. So thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. A little late there, Harry. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the College Planning Edge podcast. For more information about our Inner Circle Group Coaching Membership, which is a great way to dip your toes in the water of the whole college planning morass, um, and get access to our double secret software, College Guru software that helps you create a strategic list of colleges and identify fat, juicy, merit aid and need-based aid opportunities, as well as some other benefits, check out the Lockwood Inner Circle at lockwoodinnercircle.com and use the coupon code PODCAST for 50% off the first month's membership. Thanks for listening.